0: Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. If you don't know already, The I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast has partnered up with the Northwest Arkansas Council to work on a number of initiatives with them, including but not limited to workforce housing, workforce development, including upskilling and recruitment and retention efforts through the Northwest Arkansas Council Talent Network. And of course, we will continue to host the quarterly program Onward Ozarks. The goal here is to combine our efforts in areas where we can help each other while working to spread the good news of Northwest Arkansas. The I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast started out as a passion project and has quickly become a business with the focus on making this region one of the best in the country. Are we perfect? No place is, but we are in a unique position to craft the Northwest Arkansas that we want to see for ourselves and our children. We are doing a number of podcast episodes in conjunction with the Northwest Arkansas Council, including their Future Is Now speaker series. We will attend these events throughout the year and capture some of the best stories from presenters at these events and also share feedback from those in attendance. This information will be educational and entertaining and will provide a glimpse into the Northwest Arkansas that we hope to become In the future. It doesn't happen by accident. Today's episode features Victor Dover, an urban designer from Dover Coal and Partners out of Florida. Some of you may be familiar with that name as Victor was instrumental in helping to get our Razorback Greenway started and designed properly. If you ride any portion of our bike trails, you can thank Victor. All this and more on today's episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas Podcast. Cue the music.
1: It's time for another
0: episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilbur. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and today I've got a special episode for you. I am sitting here with Victor Dover from Dover Coal and Partners. He is an urban designer. He is a co-author. He is an Ironman triathlete, and he is he's here in Northwest Arkansas, and this is not his first time here, but he's here for the speaker series for the Northwest Arkansas Council specifically focusing on workforce development and affordable housing. And Victor is shared a wonderful presentation today. And Joe, just to kind of give you a little bit of his background and experience, for 25 years, he has been designing walkable, sustainable development. His work spans five continents and ranges from revitalizing historic downtowns to retrofitting suburbia. His Dover and his team have devised award-winning neighborhoods like South Main and Buena Vista, Colorado. Ion in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and Glenwood Park in Atlanta, Georgia. His projects also include Plan El Paso, which was hailed as America's best smart growth plan. The work of Dover, Cole, and Partners has been featured in every major textbook on city planning published in the last decade. Now, I could go on and on, but you understand just by me sharing that little bit of his a CV or resume. He is legit, and we are so glad that he's here in our backyard in Northwest Arkansas. We're actually sitting here at The Record in downtown Bentonville, and Victor was kind enough to just give us a few minutes of his time before he goes off to a luncheon to talk some more about placemaking. But Victor, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Randy. Absolutely. So, you know,
0: I would love to, I don't want to rehash everything that you shared in the speaker series. And I know that series will be made available on the Northwest Arkansas Council website. But I do want to ask you a simple question. And that is, when it comes to placemaking, when it comes to, you know, being intentional about how you grow an area. What would you say about Northwest Arkansas that has surprised you in your many travels here?
1: Well, I'm not a stranger to Northwest Arkansas because I've been coming back and forth and in and out of your region for a couple of decades. And it has proven this idea I always thought might be hypothetically possible or true. It's proving really the second coming of the great American small town. (laughs) Because I remember 20, 25 years ago when the Bentonville Square was kind of threadbare and lonely, and there wasn't a lot going on in the heart of town here. Beautiful historic buildings, with some of them boarded up. And now look at the place that's here. The level of reinvestment of turning the lights back on, of kind of getting back in touch with public space and with coming together in community. It's on display in Bentonville. Well, it's on display in Fayetteville. It's you know it, it goes throughout this region. It's on display in downtown Salem Springs. Yeah, and so in a way, in this period of incredible prosperity. What I would say to you in Northwest Arkansas is that the pressure's on a little bit because the whole (laughs) country is watching you to see how you deal with that prosperity. What do you do with it? Yeah, And I think you use the word placemaking. I think you are doing a better job than a lot of local folks might give themselves credit for. Sure, Of course, the bar must be raised and more must be done. But you're ahead of the curve on regulatory reform. You're having hard conversations about housing and transportation. That other places in the Sun Belt are not even started having yet. They, yeah. And you've been working on them for a while. So you should take some encouragement from seeing the comeback of these cities. There's also the development at the edge, which has been largely forgettable. You know, sprawl development, a kind of thin gruel of asphalt and and uh, low flat buildings set sure. far apart. And when it is occasionally denser, like the garden apartment complexes with the chain link fences around them, well, you think, well, that's evidence that growth and change made things worse rather than better. So I think you're right to question whether in the new development, you can get as good at it as the grandparents and great-grandparents were here in years past.
0: Yeah. And you know, and it's funny because even I live in Fayetteville. And of (coughs) course, when we talk about Northwest Arkansas, you mentioned Siloam, we've got Eureka Springs. You have Mm -hmm. all these outlying areas that are actually part of the envelope of Northwest Arkansas. And then you've got Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, and Bentonville, that major artery there. And there are so many opportunities to grow, but there has to be a different thinking that takes place. And one of the things that you said in your presentation that really stood out to me was that 22% of the land in Northwest Arkansas is devoted to commercial building.
1: Commercial zoning. Commercial zoning, right. That's the remnant commercial only in most cases. Right. There are a few places where... It's zoned for highway commercial, but you could jam in residential if you wanted to. Sure. And that that percentage doesn't include the great old main streets or the old traditionally mixed use parts of town. Okay. That are coming back, like in Rogers, for example, where the main street is on a comeback curve. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown Um, Rogers is amazing. So yeah, it's a very large number. And with, you know, we're living through a great national retail real estate meltdown before COVID, that was already true. And then with, with the changing habits of not just where people work, but how they buy things, that will probably continue to put pressure on the owners of that land to think of more creative ways to use it. And so my message was, if you're trying to figure out and you're scratching your heads trying to figure out where there's room to build to solve the housing problem, the answer is some of this land that's thought of as good for nothing but Taco Bell and and the like could in fact be housing land. And yeah. that is a tall order because it requires all those corridors, everyone to work together. You can't do it without the Department of Transportation and the Department of Public Works, reconceiving the very idea of that street that those properties are along, Not no longer a highway for high speed movement, but really a neighborhood, a part of a main neighborhood and has to be reimagined as a street you'd be willing to live near. So that's just an example of the kind of great private public partnership that all development is.
0: Yeah. You know, I I remember a while back and I can't remember the episode, but I interviewed Wes Craiglow, who is the Urban Land Institute Director for Northwest Arkansas. And he said very succinctly to me that, you know, that there wasn't really an issue with um, the ability to do infill building in Northwest Arkansas. It's whether or not we have the appetite mm-hmm. to do that. Or the good habits.
1: That or the make good people habits. Like it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think that's important. And so if anybody that's listening to this, whether they're an elected official, a planner, an engineer of sorts, or even an architect, or just, you know, somebody that lives in this community, how should we be thinking about what we hope to see in the next 10, 15, 20 years as this area doubles in size from a population standpoint?
1: Well, with the pressure on housing and the fact that your, the cost of housing, whether you're owning or renting, is rising faster than incomes, yeah. even in a place with runaway income growth yeah. by a national comparison. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with that, you have to realize that you're not going to get ahead of it without building some. You have to build your way out of that problem. Well, what if every time someone put one brick on top of another or nailed two boards together, they increased your level of confidence? that growth could be a good thing yeah. instead of decreasing it. This is why design matters so much. you've got to create places that are satisfying these basic utilitarian needs, we all need shelter. We all need places to eat. We need places to work, but we need places to school our kids and to throw a Frisbee to the dog. We need all, all these things. But instead of just checking the box for that utilitarian need, what if we were making it more wonderful as we did it? Yeah. Literally building your way out of your problems. I think that is the challenge for Northwest Arkansas. Of course the appetite can be questioned for you know, living in a place that doesn't feel like a neighborhood. Right. You know, who wants to live in a bland apartment complex in the parking lot of the office park? No personality. Uh, Nobody wants to live there. So so question you know, the consumer demand is or, or appetite may not be the problem. First of all, we have a lot of really eager consumers who only have limited amount of money to spend and are looking for something, anything that's closer to work than where they where they are now. And they're coming here in such large numbers that the power of large numbers will mean if you build it, you can rent it, you can sell it. So that wasn't always true. Yeah, you know, a hundred years ago, apple orchards and and not very many people around, and the place had to find these new late twentieth century, early twenty first century economic reasons for being, and it found them partly because of the leadership of the Northwest Arkansas Council uh, who were clever about that, but all those. The combination of factors means that you now know you have on paper a big statistical demand and a pretty wide tolerance, but the decisions about what to build on the land is often not made by the consumer, yeah, it's made by the developer, the banker, the realtor, the seller, by the planning board, planning commission members, by the planning director, by you know by elected officials from a zoning hearing. And it's all very abstract. You're not really talking to the person who's going to live in that neighborhood. Ultimately, when it's built up, you're talking to a middleman, middle people. Sure. So the appetite that really needs to be plumbed, I think, here is the willingness on the part of those investors, land developers, principal among them, but also the engineers and the architects and landscape architects that work with them, the real estate brokers, all those professionals have to relearn how to do it in order to build great, walkable, beautiful neighborhoods. Yeah, And when they do, there's usually a big win in it for them.
0: And I think that's also why, you know, the value of having you come here because you've had experience in other areas of helping those individuals and those, those designers and builders in those respective communities wrap their heads around what it's going to take to reimagine these communities. I think it's important for us here in Northwest Arkansas to be willing To listen to people like you. And I, and you said something that really stuck out to me. And it was right at the beginning of of your presentation. You said there is room to build if you begin with design. And that may have been the title of this, but it's that, that whole concept of designing and thinking about what you want, right? It's like, it's, you know, I always think of like Napoleon Hill. He never said just grow rich. He said think and grow rich. (laughs) And in this way, you're saying, you're talking about, you know, beginning with design first before you put everything else in the cart.
1: Well, uh, everybody in sales knows that you have to have a good story to tell. Yeah, And that story in real estate development is told with pictures. Yep. It's not told with statistics about how many square feet there are going to be or how many parking spaces or how many dwelling units or how many bedrooms. It's told with what is this going to be like when it grows up? And so that idea of visualizing change before it occurs is a design act and it's literally visual. You have to make pictures of it and you have to hold them up. Whether it's a storyboard level kind of sketch on the back of a napkin or an elaborate computer visualization. You use those tools to hold them up and say, is this what you meant? Or would this fulfill our objectives? Because there's probably a comprehensive plan, which says we want to preserve the small town, hometown feeling. We want to have quality open spaces. We want to have efficient transportation. How do you get those things? Yeah. And the way you get them is make a place that people really want to be. So that's a design act. So my message was, that design is not something you can add in at the end after the uh, all the big decisions have been made by lawyers and engineers and bankers. You've got to t- get that design story on paper from the beginning. Yeah. Now, where that's been done, that's proven to be lucrative for the early adopters. And I'd point to the low country of South Carolina. The old towns were going to seed. The There were some historic districts that, you know, in, back in the days of historic preservation 1.0, let's say. <laughs> they were beginning to fix up the old buildings. And there was this vague understanding that if you could get a new neighborhood that had the charm of the old neighborhood, people would probably like it. Yeah. But all the builders and developers and their entourage in finance or engineering or what have you were building the same old crap, indistinguishable from there in the low country from what they would see in Atlanta or Charlotte or somewhere else in their greater region. Well, once. A developer built a new neighborhood the old ways with the front porches and conversation distance from the sidewalk and preserving the old oak trees and, you know, and had that charm. It was a runaway success. The next thing <laughs> we know, he's on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. Wow. Old values generate astonishing returns was the headline. So what do you think happened next? Other developers copied that. Exactly. They said, well, that seemed to really work. Let's see how much more appetite there is. And as usual, once the consumers could see it, you know, citizen buyers and renters of real estate preferred it, and that uh, had a great upward impact on home values and resale values. And so, I think that's we're kind of where we are right now yeah. in Northwest Arkansas. Is that you're at the stage where the historic preservation 1.0 approach has proven itself? Yeah, like here in Bentonville, it's so nice to see the the old houses that have been fixed up and the new street trees that have been planted to replace the ones that have been lost, and the square all fixed up. And you're not far from here on those sites, whether they're in in Lowell or Johnson or, or uh or Springdale or Rogers or Siloam. there's a lot of space to build and people yeah. are wondering, what should I do here? And the answer is do the thing that makes it better rather than worse. And one that makes it a place where people want to be and you will always win.
0: Yeah. And you I mean you mentioned Bentonville and, and obviously I obviously I kinda wish you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but when I first moved here in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen you know, I could have easily bought something not far off the square here, but now it's kind of out of reach. Right. And it's like, so what do you or how do we combat or deal with that as we move forward? Because that's just continuing to be the case. So now that there are a lot of homes that are that are right off the square in Bentonville that are out of reach, it's going to eventually potentially happen in downtown Rogers area. It will happen in Springdale at some point.
1: You could argue it's happened
0: in Fayetteville already. And so. it's already happened in Fayetteville.
1: Sure. I, um, you don't mind if I ask Randy, where were you before you relocated? So I lived in Boston. Okay. And I was familiar with higher
0: density, not only affordable housing, but also higher density multifamily housing. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was just a norm. You know, I used to do real estate, and we one of the things we would try to do was build triple deckers. That was the right. norm in Boston. The Boston triple deckers, right. a, normal, exactly. a wonderful building type. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everything that we wanted to build was at least a multifamily. Because it allowed an individual to get into home ownership mm-hmm. and potentially manage a rental, or you just took what would have been a huge home for one family and made it for two, mm-hmm. and it just made more sense.
1: Well, and that approach also meant that there were thousands, not just a few dozen, land developers. Yeah, right. All right. doing the the their piece of the business in a small and org- organic kind of way, not as a commodity traded on Wall Street, yeah, but rather as a very personal thing to them. So imagine managed properties like that with a different approach from some anonymous corporation from out of town that owns a giant tract to build, to rent yeah. housing. So the that building type you described, the Boston triple decker, unlocked that benefit in maintenance and management, not just in value creation. So the reason I asked that question was because... Your old stomping ground with places like Cambridge, for example, mm-hmm. have long since gone through this period where the best old streets have been bought up and they're very highly sought after. Maybe in the best parts of town, they never really declined when the rest of America was seeing decline. And so you know that the iron law of real estate that applies here is on one hand, the law of supply and demand. If you have scarcity, prices rise. Yeah, And if something people want and it's only in short supply, the price will rise go higher and higher. You have to provide more of it in order to get that to balance out. And on the other hand, if you can't get the rent, you can't build the building. Right. And that is the unshakable law of real estate. If You can't get the rent or the mortgage to cover the cost of construction and a profit for the builder, then there's no way it's going to get done. And so in, if you go to the average public hearing about planning and zoning, people tend to forget these things, that developers will do the deals they can actually do. Yeah. If you add too much brain damage, and too much difficulty to get across the finish line with a permit to build, they won't bother. And so I mentioned this about supply and demand because I think the answer is to have more places that have the wonder and charm of Old Town Bentonville. So even as the initially discovered ones, you know, in the, the nicest old leafy neighborhood in Fayetteville or the beautiful historic properties around the square in Bentonville, even as those start to get picked up and maybe a little out of reach for somebody like me to afford to live there. If you're building 10 other ones or 15 other ones, 150 other ones around the town, you're around the region, you're going to balance that out. Yeah. And there's a great value prospect for the local government folks too. You know, they are struggling to figure out how to make things go. They always scarce resources. They want to have an awesome parks and recreation department. They want to have an awesome police department. They want to have quick first responders when there's a heart attack or a fire. And lots of other things that you think of as municipal services. What pays for that are real estate taxes and right. sales taxes. So you've basically got to generate that economic activity got to create value. So the ad valorem taxes can be collected on property and you've got to make cash registers ring in order to make the wheels turn. And so if I'm the manager of the city or the mayor, and I'm trying to figure out how we're going to put a new roof on city hall, when we need to do that, or... How I'm going to, if I'm the school superintendent trying to figure out how to get new tires on the school bus or the parks director trying to figure out how to upgrade the play equipment or any of the other things, myriad things that we think of health department, just go on down the line. I need some spikes in value that are created by success and nothing succeeds like success. So if you go back to my low country example or the Boston example, you know, people saw what worked and then regular thinking people did more of it. And that's what you need here.
0: Yeah. It's like wash, rinse, and repeat. You know, when you find a, a a recipe that works, continue to do it, right? And that's part of the reimagining process, I think, that we're we're hoping for here in this area
1: in Northwest Arkansas. But there is a challenge. On paper, especially for those anonymous out-of-town corporations that are owning large quantities of real estate, I mean, real estate investment trusts or what have you, for them, it's just a number on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay. So they have found a formula for cheap, flimsy, mean-spirited looking housing that you can (laughs) pump out with big economies of scale. Yeah. That's the garden apartment complex with the chain link fence around it. Sure. And the ugly retention pond and you know what have you that is stormwater management and not much else. Yeah. No great placemaking quality to it. They have figured out that in a place with such deep market demand, they can build really cheap, terrible things and still somehow turn a profit on it right? until they hit the wall. And the wall is community outrage. You know, If you're going to need to grow the next 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 people that are coming to Northwest Arkansas, you're going to need to re- win the confidence of the voting public. So they elect people who are comfortable saying yes to the regulations that will allow people to build or saying yes to the proposed new development. And uh, when you disappoint them with development after development, you will hit the wall. (laughs) And so there is a risk here that the kind of business friendly, open for business attitude that has long characterized this region could come to a screeching halt because all the confidence in uh, growth and change erodes so much. And people will remember that great old cornfield or cow pasture that they saw turn into a bunch of asphalt and they hate it. And they'll remember how there wasn't very much traffic on the road they need to use. And now there's a ton of traffic. And they think this is growth. This is change. And they will turn against it. So I think if the industry folks are listening, the thing to do here is start building really, really well. Places people actually love. Yeah, And they'll love you for it.
0: Absolutely. You know, and and it's almost like, I mean, I don't want want to reduce it to simply a field of dreams, right? If you build it, they will come. But I think if there, what I hear you saying is that if there is some real thought put into the process of placemaking, of building out an area like Northwest Arkansas, the resultant benefit, the upside is tremendous.
1: Without a doubt. I'm thinking about, and I mentioned this in my talk, I'm thinking about communities which 100 years ago were absolutely at the top of their game. They were the communities everybody wanted to move to. They were the towns that had economic engines that seemed to just churn cash with no end. And of course, I'm describing places like Buffalo, New York yeah. and Rochester, New York, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. But the, the leaders in those places took those periods of unbelievable, unprecedented prosperity, and they channeled them into amazing, long lasting gifts to the future. So in Buffalo, for example, they were once called the best design city in America. They have a park system, which is the envy of every other American city. That was a bonus from that period of prosperity a hundred years ago. And so you look at the fine old streetcar neighborhoods, streetcar served neighborhoods in a place like Rochester, those big, beautiful oak trees. Somebody had to plant those trees. Sure. And they did that during their period on top. And so, and it's way more than that. You go all the way through that period of American settlement, whether it's out west or down south or in the Northeast. And you will see that they did things like build beautiful civic buildings, a post office you can be proud of to have as a neighbor in your neighborhood. Yeah. A church that's not just a church, that's a basilica, (laughs) Uh, you know, opera houses. And those are long lasting gifts. So even though the towns I mentioned are not on top anymore, although they're all ascendant, by the way, they're all coming back fast. Amazing to watch. They used their periods of prosperity to leave behind legacy things that are the great good fortune of the people who live there now. Yeah, And so, you have to think, well, maybe this period of prosperity the Northwest Arkansas is enjoying will have 100 years of a... Or maybe it'll never end. But after a generation or two or three of this have passed, you want to be able to look back and say, look what we got out of it. And I see examples. The Razorback Greenway. was an idea on a map 20 years ago, drew this little line, you know. And now it's 46 miles of... Incredible. It's,
0: to me, it's one of our crowning achievements,
1: it's I believe, amazing. in this And it was done really, really quickly through this yeah. combination of government and philanthropy that just came together right place, right time, right here. So and I look at that example and I say, ah, that's your basilica. That's your version of doing what all the great old towns did in America when it was their turn. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think people are experiencing that because you have whole groups of people that just travel here to take in the the greenway and to take in all of the miles and miles of gravel roadway and to take in all of the amazing mountain bike facilities that we have here in northwest arkansas
1: well that raises another point which is that your environment in a way is your economy those folks who are getting transferred here because you know the northwest arkansas council said you got to do it exactly yeah um because the corporate leaders here said, no, if you're from, I don't know, like Colgate-Palmolive or Procter Gamble or PepsiCo or whoever you are, you got to come here. Exactly. We're not coming to you. Yeah. Well, that little move right there and the, the combination of leaders in the council meant that people heard they were going to have to be transferred to Northwest Arkansas and they probably didn't know anything about it. And they probably wondered whether they were going to really trade down from the things <laughs> they enjoyed in their old towns. And they get here and what do they discover? This unbelievably beautiful scenic backdrop. And a kind of laid back small town atmosphere right that is really hard to find in Cleveland or in New York, and so of course, they fall in love with Northwest Arkansas and want to stay here, raise their kids here and their grandkids here and and I think that phenomenon is dependent on preserving those quality of life features that made it attractive to them in the first place, right you weren't choking on the traffic and you and you did have a kind of friendliness, a front porch friendliness in the neighborhoods and you did have street trees and folks look lucky enough to live near the university. You know, they can go to a symphony concert on a regular old day. Exactly That uh, kind of quality of life thing cannot be treated lightly or lost. So if you pave over all your scenic backdrop in a rush, outward rush to grow a little bit on all the land, it will, you will exhaust that land really quickly and it'll just, and it'll create a ton of headaches. So I hope that the priority is on strategic infill, of the communities you've already started, really good new neighborhoods tied around the edge of the existing communities, and everywhere on um, everything that gets done, the beauty's not extra. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think
0: about the canvas that is Northwest Arkansas and when I try to explain and articulate just the the natural beauty of the Ozarks. I mean, it's it's hard to compare. So we already have a very solid foundation from which we can build upon. The question is whether we build upon it sensibly and if we do it, like you said, with design in mind.
1: Well, you just have to uh, give yourself permission, draw lines on a map and say, you know, it goes this way, not that way. And you'll get things like the Razorback Greenway. That was just a line on a map. Yeah. And but you have to have the courage to work up the courage to demand for yourself good things.
0: Man, I listen, I could go on and on and I know we could talk about I mean, I'm sure you've seen so much in so many different communities. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come be with us and to share in the speaker series and just to bring your wisdom because there, there are people that were in that room that needed to hear what you were sharing. And I think it will impact them as they go back to their work desk to start thinking about what tomorrow looks like. Thanks, so, Randy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Victor Dover from Dover Coal and Partners, the ultimate urban designer. He's also a co-author of a book on street design. We'll put all of that in the show notes. So. You can connect with Victor. Uh, he's got a great uh, YouTube page. He's got some great videos, and I mean, this guy is legitimate. So I want to encourage anyone that's listening to this that needs a little bit more encouragement as you go out to try to figure out what Northwest Arkansas is going to look like in the future. Here is an individual that you can at least lean on for understanding and to gain some insight as you take a journey to create Northwest Arkansas and the image that you hope that it can be. So. Thank you so much. Thanks, Randy. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. We're so excited to feature the speaker series with the Northwest Arkansas Council. We will do more of these and I will do some live shots when we do these events. And because the council is a sponsor of the podcast, we really appreciate just the ability to kind of share what is coming next. And that's what it's all about. And so here at I Am Northwest Arkansas, we focus on the intersection of business culture, entrepreneurship, and life right here in the Ozarks. And part of that is how we live. And so uh, I hope you really take a lot away from this particular episode. There'll be more like it in the future. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another brand new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Victor Dover. He is really An outstanding individual. And just to think that he had so much to do with the Greenway here in Northwest Arkansas is pretty cool as well. And so we also collected some sound from the Speaker Series event, which took place in February. And we wanted to share that with our listeners because I think it will give you some additional context into this whole event and what the Northwest Arkansas Council is trying to accomplish with the actual speaker series. So before we close out this episode, you're going to hear from Robert Burns from the Walton Family Foundation. You're going to hear from Jill Dabbs from the Downtown Springdale Alliance. And Jill's a great friend of the podcast. And you're also going to hear from Duke McClarty, who's actually from the Northwest Arkansas Council. And Duke is going to close us out by just sharing what they hope to accomplish by virtue of doing this speaker series as they move forward. And While he's not going to be able to tease the next speaker series event, certainly will probably encourage you to want to get on the mailing list with the Northwest Arkansas Council so you can be made aware of when this speaker series is going to take place and how you might be able to participate. I would encourage you, if you are anywhere in the the Northwest Arkansas area and are involved in the community from a community building perspective, from a placemaking perspective, you need to attend these speaker series with the Northwest Arkansas Council. But that's all we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And without further ado, here are Robert Burns, Jill Dabbs, and Duke McClarty. We'll see you next week. Peace. Robert, what was your thought of this speaker series? This is the the first event and they brought in a powerhouse like Victor Dover. What, What did... The information shared today mean to you? To spread
2: what the need is around the region yep. related to workforce housing and to give new ideas that you borrow from other areas and having an expert come to town that's going to be part of a speaker series is fantastic. And to see this room packed with people is also excellent to get people's eyes open and start thinking of creative solutions.
0: So will you be back for another speaker series event?
2: Yes, I plan to come to all of them. All right, good.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Just give your name. Jill Davs. All right. Jill, thank you so much for stopping and to talk with us. What were your thoughts of the speaker series and what was shared today by Victor Dover uh, in terms of placemaking and what needs to happen from a regional perspective for us to grow Northwest Arkansas intelligently?
3: Always like what Victor has to say about building community. He just is very intuitive, I think, as to what communities need. It's not about one particular building or a style or it's all the pieces that come together that really build community and it's building places for people and not cars. And it's a very thoughtful way of approaching development. And Victor doesn't just talk the talk. You can go to the communities that he's worked in and you can really see the difference that he's making in people's lives. I did wish that we would have heard a little bit more on affordability today. That's such a big concern for all of us, especially in a region like Northwest Arkansas. We have to crack that code. We've got to get it right and we've got to lean into it really hard. And I don't know what the answer to, to that is, but, and I'm just, I'm glad we're working on this stuff together. And, and I'll tell you, I saw Victor Dover speak in Northwest Arkansas probably over 10 years ago. And it was not the groundswell of support for good development that we saw in this room today. So that was really cool to see that. And it's, it's good to know that people like Dover, Victor Dover are working on projects in Northwest Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there is a lot of new growth that's happening, even in your area in Springdale, and so I think it's ex- it's just exciting that this conversation's happening and more people are involved and at the table, as they say.
3: Oh, absolutely, and it's going to require that all of us be at the table to figure this out and do it as well as we can.
0: Absolutely, I'm sure you'll be a part of that. And Jill Dabs from Downtown Springdale Alliance, thank you so much for sharing with us.
3: Thank you for always being here.
0: Duke, well, thank you so much for putting on this event for the speaker series. It's the first event that we've had to do here in Northwest Arkansas in 2023. You brought in a powerhouse in Victor Dover. Did this meet your expectations or hopes?
2: It met and exceeded. I think Victor really highlighted what's the next step in our growth in Northwest Arkansas. He touched on a wide range of topics regarding community engagement, but really focused on the design. And I think that is Really, going to uh, be a key component in the next iteration of Northwest Arkansas and design paired with the density that will allow for those projects to hit a certain income on the back end with that, that resident. So, yeah, he touched on everything I think he needed to cover and it was great to have him here.
0: So, listen, can you give us kind of a teaser of what we can expect for the future events in the speaker series? Sure. They're still
2: in development, but I
0: think one that is
2: going to speak maybe with a little more detail of the role our municipalities and our cities play is in the works. We're thinking very intently on one that will focus on community engagement. So really advising our community members on like how they can participate in this process. Kind of where where are the points, where are the opportunities for them to influence the next iteration of Northwest Arkansas? And then the others uh, are still in development. So that's great. Look, I mean, look for more.
0: So, what you're saying is it's going to take a village for us to pull this area that we call Northwest Arkansas together. And, Randy, that's something that I was really encouraged by today. It wasn't
2: just the real estate community in the room, it was, you know, community members, there were business leaders, there were philanthropic leaders. They were all there receiving the same message. And I think that's just the step we need to take to further
0: engage greater reach, I guess, in our community to get this right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Duke. I appreciate that. And we look forward to seeing you at the next event. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.